brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hey there, everybody. This is Kaylee McMahon with Number One Leading Ladies, the podcast by women for women, where we work to build each other up instead of tear each other down. We have a great guest with us today, Nora Sedith, and I'm going to have her actually introduce herself because I won't do it justice. Nora, go ahead. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So I'm Nora Sedith. I am actually a co-founder of Hello Audio. Uh, I kind of came up through that corporate path, like that traditional path to success, if you will, but uh, retired from corporate, started my own marketing agency, and I have been, I, I shut that down, but have been helping people sell things online. So far, I think I've helped people sell over half a billion dollars of stuff online. So I haven't met a marketing campaign that uh, I don't like, so that we haven't been able to help. So I'm excited to be here. That is incredible. So what we do on our podcast is we talk a little bit about what is the real story and what does it really take in entrepreneurship to make it? um, And what does it look like, especially through a female's lens? So one of the things I like to talk about very first is, so for example, all of us have a different path to just get going. So some of us need to, for example, live with our parents. Some of us need to put their first business on a credit card. Some of us need to uh, negotiate our way into things. You know, what is it, what is it really, the sacrifices that it really takes essentially, what did that look like for you um, to make those sacrifices? And then what did it take to then get to traction where you know that people out there say, oh, there's a product market fit or this is a, there's a demand for this. Uh, what did that look like for you? I love that um, because everyone makes the, well, not everyone. There are folks in this space that make it sound simple and make it sound so easy and don't really talk about the truth behind what it really takes. And um, I remember even going through that process and, and, you know, the folks were like, oh, you can start an online business. And, and back then, granted, things were a little bit easier or a little bit different, right, than starting an online business today. Um, but no one talked about the hours. Um, the reality of the hours. No one really talked about the capital. Um, you know, it's like, oh, well, you can start. You can start an online business with nothing. And you're like, yeah, but there's there's a difference between you know check equity and being able to write a check for things and sweat equity, which is you know spending those hours with you know with in my case having a full time job. And so, like many, you know, I'm sure many of your guests, right? I started in that corporate path. I was climbing the corporate ladder, thinking like this is this is the the path. And so, yeah, you can say it was a nine to five. That's not true, right? The reality is it was probably more of like a seven to seven. Um, or at a minimum, right, like eight to six kind of a thing. So it was a lot of hours. And I was a mom. I mean, I'm still a mom, but like a mom of young kids. And that makes it really challenging, you know, with daycare and, and expenses and a mortgage. And that, I mean, I was the primary breadwinner of, of the house. So it wasn't like, and, and granted, I was so blessed to have my husband's income. So a lot of folks I realize and I recognize yep. don't have that and they are it. Um, I think, 
you know, looking back, it was like, well, if I didn't have the house and if I was single and I could have just like, there was a lot of things that I didn't like, I don't care about, I'm not a car person. I don't need to drive a nice car. You know, like I probably could have just slept on a couch somewhere or in a studio. But for me personally, I had those other responsibilities. I had the financial responsibilities. I was, I had gone through an MBA program in the evening. So I had student loans in addition to just normal everyday expenses and, and daycare and you know mortgage and bills and all the stuff. And so for me, it was kind of, I'm, and I'm, I'm more risk averse, right? I'm not that person who's like, ah, screw it. Everything will be fine. Or like, you know, like it'll be, you know, it'll work itself out. Um, especially when kids are involved or, you know, when yeah. I feel like I was financially responsible for other human lives, like that's a big deal. And so for me, it was really taking a look at the assets that I had and really making sure that with the corporate salary, where, where can we cut back? What percentage of my salary was going to go into this new business? What was I willing to really sacrifice in terms of that sweat equity? How many hours was I really willing to work? Um, you know, it's easier with smaller kids when they nap because you're like, oh, I'm not really missing time with them, right? I might be missing sleep. Um, and at that point, I didn't put a whole lot of value on sleep, not like I do now, right? Yeah. I, you know, live and learn and you kind of recognize that that's actually very important. Yeah. But it was it was a lot of really late nights or really early mornings. And it was looking at capital expenses and granted you know back then advertising there were channels of advertising that were a lot cheaper than things are right now and the cost to acquire a client did not look like it does today um, at the time of this recording right this was many years ago and so it it was very challenging and it was it was hard to tell people that it was challenging and and to be like hey i'm afraid right and who do you tell like hey i'm actually scared I'm, 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 I'm afraid that I might fail, but it wasn't just because of me failing, like me failing. I'm like, yeah, who cares? It's me, but I didn't want to let my family down. I didn't want to, you know, I, I didn't want to put them at risk because of a choice that I was making. And, and at that point, you know, a lot of the gurus in the space and the folks that were teaching this stuff were guys. And they were guys that had wives that stayed at home with their kids. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Like you're doing your thing, but I'm doing that and all the other things that your wife is doing right now. So how do we make this work? And no one talked about it. Yep. And so navigating that was really, really challenging to understand, you know, how do you make this work? And it, it truly was one day at a time and trial and error. And, and for me personally, what I found is that I pushed too hard and that I would, you know, I was burned out or I was exhausted and I really had to do a better job of listening to my body and really making choices that sometimes were, were maybe one week I'd make a choice to stay up all night or, or to, you know, stay up till two in the morning and the next day I had to make a different choice, right? And so it was very much a day-to-day -day kind of a thing, just knowing though at the, at the end of the day, that I was making progress, which made it even more important for me personally to make sure that every investment I make, whether it was my time or capital, every step I took was the right one in the right direction, right? And, that, and it's like, what the right next step, what's, what's now, what's next kind of a thing. And so that to me, knowing that and having a path forward that I felt confident in helped me navigate that when there was so much risk and so much sacrifice.
When you were making those decisions, like for example, I, t I took an accelerator uh, and there are other ways you can look at things like the bullseye method, lean method, and trying to figure out how do I essentially like on ads or doing any kind of expense, like trying to figure out what is the least amount that I need to test with different sources to figure out where to then put in money because then you're getting the, the right return on investment. Um, I guess my question is when it came to trying to figure all of that out and then getting to traction to see like, okay, maybe I'm going to test like, I think there's like 13 or 18 traction channels or something that you can try. Um, during that process of trying and getting to figure out what worked um, and then uh, getting to say, oh, this one I've got demand on, what, what did that look like? Yeah, so it, that whole path to product market fit, right? And really understanding, <laughs> am I there? What does it take? Yeah. And that's, and you'll notice, like most people in this space, like they don't teach that, right? Or at least not in the way yeah. that we would have appreciated it being taught. Like, can you just give me the path? Like, just tell me what it is. And it's, for me personally, because I had come from a business background and I had a business backbone really kind of coming into it, it was easier and I love numbers, I love spreadsheets, I love planning, right? So that did, I had an advantage and I fully acknowledge that going into it, that I had that business backbone. So I kind of knew like, st what's a statistically significant number, mm -hmm. right? What is it, you know, looking, working backward, how much do I want to make, right? You go through the math because all it is is math. What am I going to sell? What is the price point, right? What do I need to do? What's the market for this based on the market size? If I get feedback from X people, is that statistically significant to give me enough data in order for me to make decisions moving forward, right? And you're never going to be 100%. Like if you're looking, if you're in this space and you're trying to, you know, create a business, no matter what business it is, you're never going to get that 100% confidence. It just doesn't exist, right? There's always going to be something that you're like, well, maybe this was a fluke and maybe this is because I sent an email on a holiday weekend or whatever that might be, right? So I think for me, it was, I personally went offline before I went online. Yeah. Because to me, the folks I was they were I was following at the time, I was like, yeah, I, this doesn't feel this doesn't feel right. And I was like, do you, do you have a business background? Would you teach you this? Because this just seems a little like off. And I didn't want to misstep, and I didn't want to spend money or time where it was a waste because yeah. it's it was such a premium. Like that, my time was such, is it's such a premium, and so. What I ended up doing was going offline. So instead of immediately going into ads, I worked my network around me. So that's what a lot of folks that start online businesses, they forget that they're already connected. They forget about their existing reach. Yeah. Yes, that is, you know, at the, well, at that time, social social media looked different. It, you know, the profile looked a little bit different and the channels looked a little bit different than they do today. Yes. Um, but what about your physical network? The folks that, you know, for me, it was like, okay, what about my kids, like my kids dentist and like my kids social, like, you know, all of those people that you forget about because you, everyone's like, oh, online, online, online. And you think you forget about the people around you who already know you, who already know your values, who already know how you work and in your personality. So you already have that, that beginning, your foot in the door, if you will, right. That, that relationship, that connection. And that's where I started because yeah. I felt like, why would wouldn't I get those data points first before I go invest a bunch of money in that black box of an internet, right? They yep. were like, we don't really know what's out there. And there's a lot of things that can go wrong. And there's a lot of things that aren't really clear. Why not start with what I already know? And That's I, what I ended up doing. I think being in the situation that you were in was 
probably a pretty good blessing to tell you the truth because there's times where you know I don't have kids and maybe I don't have to say well I need this to feed them and so I'm going to go hire someone and take a shot with someone that maybe like I think I'm being clear with what I need them to produce but maybe I haven't worked with a development team before and so then I'm way off and then you're spending money and time and it's all whatever so um, I think that was a really big blessing, you know, and, and a lot of women that are hopefully listening to this and watching this later, instead of getting discouraged and saying, well, I just don't have it. Uh, it's like you do have it, but it just becomes very, very sacred. And so yes. that's actually a good thing, you know, so there's probably time and money that I've spent that I'm looking back going, why did I do that? You know, without yes. being kind of, I hate to say it like a hard ass, you know, and saying like with marketers, I'm always like, no, like if you can't show me that this does this, there's no way I'm spending six hundred dollars. You know, yeah, like I appreciate and they hate the fact me. that you're trying to experiment, but let's do that with someone else's money. money. Yeah, 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 not mine. And they hate yeah. me because of that. And I'm like, well, that's great. You can go work with an enterprise level client, but I'm a startup. You know, so um, and and I think for me as a woman, sometimes it was hard for me to like even say that and have those boundaries because you're like yes. worried about how the other person's gonna feel. So I would say that my better experience. Um, hiring people early on was a referral from someone that I personally knew that I trusted that they had paid that person. They had worked full cycle with that person. They could vouch for them, but not my friend. Like, yes. yeah, that would, that would Referrals probably be are everything. Yeah. It, it, in, no matter if you're first hire or your seventh hire and you're, you're getting a COO if referrals are everything. Right. And it's, if, if nothing else, that it increases your likelihood of success. Yeah in an already very challenging environment, right? I think the other, I was really lucky because I have a tech background. Yeah. My first degree was in computer science. I like tech doesn't scare me. I've managed development teams. I was managing multi-million dollar budgets, right? So like, I, I, I think I came into that with an advantage because I wasn't afraid to get my hands dirty. Yeah. I wasn't afraid to fail or to mess up because that's kind of what this is. It's, it's iterating it is a series of experiments. You're, yeah. You're just I mean, iterating, you know? Yeah. That's, I mean, the, the, the thing about whether it's a marketing campaign or what, like you, all your, and especially with product market fit, you're running a series of experiments to, to test your hypothesis, mm-hmm. right? Not to bring everybody back to that like horrific seventh grade science fair that like it was so much fun, uh, but it is. It's like you have to set your hypothesis. You think this is going to work. You're, you're going into it with intelligent guesses, right? Your educated guesses reasoning based on evidence that you have you're making the best decision you have with the data that you you know that the best decision you can with the data you have and you're running those experiments where you have to really be more discerning especially as a female in business is like it is your money and you are in charge you get to decide what experiments you run and what experiments you're comfortable starting with and which ones you're like yeah i hear you um but we're not going to do that Right. We're going to be and listen to your intuition, too. I think that's a big thing for a lot of women is they're like, I kind of knew that hiring that coach wouldn't have been, you know, wasn't a good idea or I didn't resonate with them or like there seems something off. You do need to listen to your intuition, especially in those early stages. A hundred percent. Well, that's I mean, thank you for being so transparent and sharing like really kind of in your virtual reality goggles, like what that was like, um, because I just want women to see this and not get themselves discouraged because of a story in their head of how they think it's going to work versus, Hey, here's how it really does work for other females in different industries. Um, so I want to ask a couple more questions and, um, I think I'm going to ask this one next. What would be your biggest, uh, lesson? Oh, um, uh, you know, for me, it was fear. 
I'm very much an introvert. Um, like I'm sure many people watching this, yeah. they're like, oh, I don't want to, I, I don't want to put myself out there. I was the same way. I'm a lot more comfortable now on camera and I show up and do, you know, group coachings and stuff like that. So it doesn't phase me as much, but early days, there was a lot of fear. And so it was like, how do I take action in the face of fear? And how do I get past that? And it, yeah, we can talk about mindset work. We can talk about all the things, right? There's a lot of great people out there that teach this. There's a lot of great techniques. At the end of the day, you have to figure out what's going to work for you. Yeah. Because what works for someone else to move past fear and take action isn't always going to work for you. And there's no shame. There's nothing wrong with you if, it, if that technique doesn't work for you. We're all built and wired very differently. And we all have very different sources of fear whether that's, hey, you work a full-time job and you're nervous about your boss finding out because you're not quite ready for that to happen yet, totally understand that. Yep. Whether it's you know a fear of rejection coming back, whether it's you know people don't appreciate what you're saying online or you're taking a, a stance online and you're worried about trolls, which they're out there. They're oh my God. And like, that's they just love part me. of this. Yes. Yeah, it's just part of if this. If you're so making I mean, a difference, you'll always have a target on your back. Just just accept always, that. Always. Like, I've created a security company literally for that purpose because it's like, you know, women need to stay in business and not have these threats shut us down. Sorry, go ahead. Yes. No, but it's it, right? And I think that's part of it is, for me, it was staying connected to other women who actually got it yeah. and understood what it was like. Not these, and no offense to the guys, like, we love you guys and it's a very different experience when you're a female, you know, trying to, to run a business, trying to grow a business, especially, you know, if you've got that family, you've got other responsibilities, maybe you're a caretaker for your elderly parent. Like yeah. we all have stuff going on and it's just, it's a different experience. I feel like for us versus some of the guys that were out there, especially at the time when I was doing it, that were out there teaching. And it was like, yeah, you wake up at five every morning. And I'm like, I wake up when the baby wakes me up because it was, you know, he's screaming or whatever it was at the time. Right. Like it was like, I can't, what is, that's not reality. Yeah. So I think for me, staying connected to other women that got it and we can have these transparent conversations versus the people who had had success and just felt like they needed to be like, they needed to sugarcoat it. Right. We don't need to sugarcoat it. We need to help each other get through it right. because that's the reality of, of what it's going to take to get us through those things. And so staying connected, I think, helped me personally get through those moments of fear or hesitation. And then I think it's always worthwhile to be curious. Right. There's there's no use in shaming yourself for being afraid or shaming yourself. for has What does that do? It does no, no good. Yeah. It doesn't benefit. It doesn't serve you at all. So instead, get really curious. Why am I hesitating? Why am I afraid? Okay, so go through the scenarios, right? If I put my message out there, if I put my offer out there and someone says no, who gives a, you know? It was like, but it's, it's one of those things where you have to really honor yourself and get curious and stay away from the shame game or the blame game because that's not going to serve you. And the more you can connect with, with people like this, the folks that are watching this, the folks that are listening to this, right, who get it, who have been there, and it can be honest with you, yeah. the easier it's going to be to take those actions because it's going to be those actions. We all might know how to create a, I, I think a lot of folks probably listening to this, you know how to create a million dollar business. The knowledge is there, but there's a gap between knowing and doing, and that's where you need the support. Wow, that's that's incredibly powerful. Like I've just, I could go on for days about this, but um, I've tried to really change my life recently. Um, and it's kind of difficult when you talk to other people who either in that situation, you kind of said like they, they can't, they aren't doing it. So like they might have advice, but that advice came from somebody else. So it's kind of like, yep. 
Okay, I'm gonna put that in my back pocket. Thank you, I love you, Thanks but hugs, yeah. hugs and kisses. But you know, I'm gonna put that in my back pocket. And then the other thing is, is like I even bump up to this all the time. Some an unpleasant experience happens, whether it's a argument or you know, uh, my identity's been stolen recently. Like there's all kinds of things that oh, you go no. through in life. You know that you're like, oh, I'm gonna bump up against this uncomfortable thing. Yeah. But you had said something earlier I love that has really changed my life, and it's part of like neuro-linguistic programming where essentially it's like in that moment I have the ability to be curious instead of fearful and even in this yeah. situation it's like okay well where was the breach and who did I touch that gave me the breach and you know like to be able to figure that out and so then what happens is that creates a solution whether it's just for myself or for other people too um, and then then growth happens versus being stuck in that paralyzed fear phase of getting nothing done you know so yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. That's great. And the, I would say that curiosity tool yeah. helped me shift things. And I'm, I'm very analytical, right? I'm very curious. I love solving puzzles. Like that's just the engineer in yep. me. So, but when I was able to make, cause it, that's not natural. I mean, yes, it's natural, but the curiosity thing isn't natural for me. Shame is natural yeah. for me. Right. It's like, what did I do wrong? That was like, always like what, what, you know, I always looked inward and, I, and you don't have to blame other people but you can get curious about it. And yeah. just that switch alone kind of allows you to stay neutral a little bit. Like yeah. to, the, you know, the circumstance, whatever thing you're gonna bump yep. up against, just like that's a neutral kind of thing that's happening and now just examine it. Yep. And that from that place of your mind, like you're able to solution a lot better, you're able to see a lot more clearly yep. than if you were emotionally charged kind of trying to do those things. And that's super, super critical as a leader. So obviously when you're starting your own business, whether you, you know, become CEO or become COO or whatever your genius zone is, uh, being able to, for example, tell everyone in your life or even tell yourself, you know, um, it's here's, here's the situation and here's me. Like I'm not, I am yep. not the situation. I'm not in the situation here. Here's the situation. Let's look at it, be curious about it. And I mean, that's the only way, for example, like for me, I tend to work myself to death uh, yeah. where I have to some, I always take a Sunday off. You know, the only way I can do that mentally is by looking at these challenges as here is the situation and here's me, you know what I mean? Yep. And then looking at it, like you said, from the observer perspective. So that's, yeah, absolutely critical. So, I mean, all these lessons are very, very awesome. I'm so happy that you've shared them with us. What would you say has been your biggest win? Oh, man. <laughs> um, that's, I mean, surviving it, right? Like surviving and not giving up, yeah. I think is huge, right? Like, I think it would have been so much easier just to be like, you know what? I'll say in my like cushy six-figure corporate job and my 401k and just kind of like do my thing but I would have never gotten to experience all the other, you know, things that I've experienced and the connections and the people and, you know, the impact I think is, is the other big, big win for me is yeah. like, I, by being able to navigate that and not giving up and pursuing it and going through the hard parts. Right. I think that to me is the biggest win because it has enabled all the other good things that have come out of it. Right. The, the, the connections, the impact we're making for clients, like all of that was able to be made possible because I kept going. And I think that's like, I don't, I'm not one to give myself credit, probably like a lot of folks listening, like it's hard to do, but I would say if, if, if that's my biggest win is I kept going and I was able to make that impact and see the, the benefits of that. A hundred percent. You know, this, this was a great 
interview. Great start to Monday, you know, because uh, there's just so many things that you've said that just I've been thinking recently. Um, and I think that every entrepreneur, whether just like your financial literacy journey, you're at a different phase, but all of us have either been here or over here or whatnot. Um, I guess the, the only couple of questions I have, you know, because like you'd mentioned to get through it and not just to keep pushing, like banging your head up against a wall, but to know like where to keep pushing, um, really revolves around that network. And something that I've noticed is that women tend, women and minorities tend to lack a powerful network, which is where 80% of your off-market opportunities exist. Uh, typically those networks come from an Ivy league school that you went to your neighborhood or like a fortune 500 company that you work for. Um, so typically women and minorities don't have those. So when it came to finding that network in, in business that you're able to be really transparent with, how did you find them? Um, and are you still involved with them or is it several? You know, I, I think it is several, but I think one of the things, you know, coming out of, to your point, if we take away the networks from corporate or the networks from your school or all of those things. And we just kind of look at like what's around us. And sometimes like, I know for me, like my mom still has no idea what I do for a living. God bless her. Right. It's like most there's that social network that aren't necessarily going to be my ideal clients or the social network around me physically. That isn't necessarily going to be the conduit to be, you know, into that group. That's really going to help my business grow. I think it's about, under, like paying attention to to the people you resonate with, paying attention to the folks who have achieved the things that you want to achieve, and don't be afraid to reach out and connect, right? So whether you're listening to this episode or you're listening to, you know, other, you're, you're noticing other women that you really resonate with their style or their personality, don't ever be afraid to reach out and connect with them. And, you know, where where are they hanging out? Where are those groups of folks? There's groups on Facebook, there's groups on LinkedIn, there's groups, and it always changes, right? Because social media is changing and online, you know, communities are changing. What are those associations that may not have a cost to it at all right. that you could maybe get involved in and start connecting with people? But the biggest thing I think is when you're looking at that, don't assume it's coming to you. Yeah you need to to really pursue and, and connect with folks and don't be afraid. I know some introverts, I'm, you know, I'm here, right? I'm like reporting for duty. <laughs> you still have to, you still have to reach out and make that connection. But when it comes from a genuine place and, and you know, it's not like, hey, I want to sell you something. Hey, I want you to, you know, be my client. It's just really genuinely connecting with other humans on that level. Yeah. I think it's, it's a lot easier to take that risk, if you will, and, and reach out. A hundred percent. Well, Nora, would you let our audience know um, what they can reach out to you to participate with uh, or what are the possibilities of participating with you and how do they also get a hold of you as well? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me at norasedith.com or on Instagram at norasedith. Uh, you can also look at Hello Audio. So we have helloaudio.fm. You can reach me there as well. Helloaudio.fm is a software tool that does private podcasts, which is kind of cool to be able to connect in kind of a, a different way than most people are used to. Um, but yeah, you can reach me on any of those channels and I'm, I'm, I would love to connect with you. Absolutely. Nora, thank you so much for your time today. And for everybody listening and watching later, of course, you know how to get a hold of Nora now. Um, and of course, you can go to uh, number one leading ladies off of theapartmentqueen.com. There is a link where you can see all of these episodes. Uh, and then please stay tuned for next week's episode or a couple weeks from now. We look forward to having you really get enrolled with what it feels like to make it in business and really understand uh, who you can also still reach out to. Like these podcasts are real people, uh, real women that you can reach out to, like Nora had said 
said earlier, you know, on your journey because, you, you know, we can't do it alone. I mean, really, women are very, very good at collaborative efforts. So uh, I just want to put that out there. Any of our podcast guests uh, now and, or next week, you have the ability to be able to, to connect and build your network. Anora, thank you so much for, for being on today. And I look forward to seeing you all again next week on Number One Leading Ladies. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.